Welcome to Your Thought Life Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Anderson. I'm trained in cognitive behavior therapy and neuro-linguistic programming. I help people overcome mindset challenge. If you haven't already, do subscribe and follow the podcast so you don't miss any of the episodes that are released on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And if you're on a platform that supports it, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It will help us tremendously to reach others who are seeking this style of content so that we can impact their lives in the same way. Thank you so much for your support. Today's topic, family, is unraveling the battle between intellectual and primal fears. The National Institute of Health says everyone is born with two innate fears, which are of falling and loud noises. All of the rest of them, to include these categories that I'm going to share with you, are all learned behavior. These learned behaviors are acquired through the environments in which we are placed during our most impressionable years, age from birth through age seven. The term intellectual fear is probably well understood already, but in case you're on the fence as to what the definition is, it typically refers to fears that are based on rational thoughts, analysis, cognitive processing, and such fears are driven by a person's understanding of perceived or potential risk, danger, or threats. Now, because this is an intellectual fear, these are typically brought on and inspired by the thoughts that we have. These fears are not rooted in immediate instinctual reactions, but rather as a result of the information that we have processed and reasoned out. We have the tremendous ability to replicate scenarios, situations, and circumstances that aren't necessarily occurring in the natural realm, the realm that we have moved and have our being in. We can do this all from our mind. All we need are some thoughts to spark some memories, and those memories will then create the environment for us to go deeper. And as we go deeper and more emotions are brought to our immediate attention, we will find ourselves in a situation or a cognitive process where we're totally engrossed in this situation that is not even real. This is the result of the power that exists with the prefrontal cortex. This region of the mind is literally what distinguishes us from all of the other mammals, creatures that have ever been created and makes us or places us at the absolute pinnacle of the food chain. There aren't any other animals that are able to do this specific function. We've already defined for you intellectual fear. Now let's take a look at its cousin. Its cousin are primal fears. These are instinctual. They come to us as a result of our ancestors. Many, many thousands of years ago, we acquired some of these fears, which are deeply ingrained in our psyche through evolution. And if you study this specific area, you would learn that it's not through experience, but it's sort of hardwired into our biology 
Primal fears are typically shared by most individuals and are triggered by situations or stimuli that would have posed significant threat or harm to our ancestors. These got passed down to us biologically, again, hardwired. It's just sort of a part of our being from our ancestors. And that's going to take on several different connotations. It could be the fear of heights. It could be the fear of darkness. For me, snakes and spiders. Fear of loud noises. Fear of isolation. Fear of enclosed spaces. And fear of predatory animals. All of these primal fears, family, are thought to be, again, hardwired into our brains and bodies, again, through this evolutionary process. And their sole purpose is to protect us from potential life-threatening situations. And these fears can, you know, even now influence human behavior, emotional responses, and can do so inside of 1001, 1002, literally. And you don't necessarily even have to be associated with these primal fears that we've just numbered for you, which are seven in count. You can do this all by thought alone. There are reasons, there are situations. We kind of classify these as modern day fears. The concept includes six different basic fears. These fears have been associated with Dr. Napoleon Hill. He is, as many of you will know, one of our forefathers to what we now call self-development or personal development. We're going to break these down today. We're going to take a look at these six basic fears and see if through understanding each of these, we can determine which ones are active in our lives and which ones we need to go after to disable in the same way that you're able to learn how to be fearful, you can unlearn how to be fearful. And we feel that by helping you gain an appreciation for these six fears, it's going to put you in the driver's seat so much so that after you identify them, then you can begin working in earnest to remove them. This very first one is one that I had to overcome because I came up in incredibly modest means. And it's the fear of poverty and this fear of lacking resources necessary for survival, security, and, and sometimes comfort will absolutely rock a person's world. It can manifest and create a set of circumstances where anxiety is starting to try to play a part in your life. And anytime you have anxiety or a little anxiety, it kind of mushrooms automatically into greater anxiety. When your mind gets again on this fear-based or into this fear-based mode and you start thinking about your inability to have your personal needs met and you start thinking about what if I lose my job and I become unemployed with the market conditions the way they are, what if you know something happens to my health Financially, I'm insolvent and in a position where I can't take care of myself. All of these things will drive anxiety to a peak. It's said that 
anxiety left unchecked will very swiftly turn into depression. There's some significant consequences that we have to realize from allowing fear of poverty specifically to be a part of our thought life. As you very well know, you know, fear drives individuals to pursue a lot of things and some of them which are, you know, things we've mentioned, but also career goals, family goals, relationship goals. And when we see that those things, we may not have the indications yet. Again, this is thought and thought alone. But if we get it to a place where we really begin to ponder this, it can create a whole host of circumstances that don't suit us and don't allow us to have the life we would desire to live. Number two is the fear of criticism. This fear of being judged or ridiculed or disproved of by others is profound. The fear of criticism inhibits self-expression and authenticity, and it literally shuts us down so much so that we will not take any action. We will remove ourselves from any set of circumstances that may look like we're going to be judged, ridiculed, disapproved of, not accepted. We understand that underneath this, there is some self-confidence issue. So, you know, taking a look at our self-image, taking a look at our self-confidence, our self-worth, being honest about that, then charting a course that will improve those three amigos will help us to be released from the fear of criticism. It's a higher need for us to be accepted. However, we don't necessarily need that acceptance to come from external sources. We and we alone have the potential and the wherewithal to satisfy this need in and of ourselves. To the extent we come to a point in life where we say, I don't really care what people think about me. That is the most freeing thing that you will ever do for yourself. Talk about an immediate release. That is exactly what you'll get when you stop giving a hoot about what people think. How about the fear of ill health? Yes, that's a big one, especially if you're like me and you've got family history on both sides that has some sort of disease profile, that has some sort of health scenario that's less than ideal. And then you start to think to yourself, I wonder if that's going to happen to me. And then you verbalize it. Now you're hearing yourself be concerned about this, which acts like an accelerator. Maybe it starts off very innocent. (laughs) Mom had uh, high blood pressure. I wonder if I'm going to get high blood pressure. That evolves over time and sometimes very quickly into a cold, hard set of fears, fear of illness, that you're now ultra concerned about. You're reading about it. You're looking it up on WebMD. You're doing all of the things that we shouldn't do. And guess what? Through thought alone, you've created a very significant set of circumstances that did not need to be created. Addressing this fear really involves maintaining a healthy lifestyle, seeking medical advice, participating in stress management, getting enough rest, and fueling your body with the things that it needs to maintain a healthy state. And while we're here, 
if we are above 30 years of age, the window of opportunity where we want to eat, stay out as late as we want to stay out, not be a real good steward of this single body that we get to oversee, we should really be thinking differently after 30. Some people, they wait until they're 50 and they find out it's too late. Make the decision now to start treating yourself better and to address any of these lifestyle issues so that you don't have to have this fear of ill health. What about the fear of a loss of a loved one, right? You've been doing life with this person for 5, 10, 15 years, maybe in a marital situation. You have no parents who are getting up in age and you're very close to them. Maybe even some of your cousins and such, aunts, uncles, the like. You're watching them age. You're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, if something were to happen, I don't know what I would do. And then you go see them the next day and the more you see them, the more you start to feel this or recollect what it felt like in your thought and thought alone. You see them and you get even a greater degree of agitation the next time it comes and you're no longer in their presence. This is the typical cycle. Love is very very powerful and no one wants to be without a significant source of love especially if that source of love was pure then there's the fear of rejection or abandonment or the loss of all of the cool things that that relationship brought coping with this fear often involves developing self-love for yourself that your fulfillment is not predicated on that individual. Yes, you want them around as long as possible. Yes, you love them. Most certainly, you have an appreciation for what they bring into your life. However, to the extent that you feel the rejection as part of this or the abandonment, we can undo that by becoming our best friend and then foster healthy relationships with a broader array of people. If something were to occur with that individual, there are others who can backfill and give you or provide for you that style of relationship. These are things that we can do straight away to curtail and eliminate this specific fear. What about the fear of old age, declining physically and mentally as the aging process ensues, not really having the wherewithal to slow it down as much as we would like to. I was on YouTube a couple of days ago and there were some 70 and 80 year old ladies that did not look 70 or 80. They look 30 or 40. You know, as we see videos and other content like this, it puts additional pressure on us to maintain our youthfulness. Some people get ultra depressed as they come into what's the so-called midlife crisis and they're starting to look a little different. The eyes aren't as tight as they used to be, the skin under the chin is kind of loosening up, the jawline is lacking definite. These things really bother people. What I'm going to suggest to you is embracing the aging process while doing what we said in the previous one, and that is treating our bodies right, fueling it correctly, getting enough rest, staying away from that junk food, those sodas and too much alcohol and harsh living. These things naturally preserve us. And if you want to heighten that, add vegetables to your life. Yes, I said that. Add vegetables to your life. So as we're thinking about the fear of aging, 
refocus that, reframe that. Look at how much wisdom you have. Look at how much experience. Look at how much you have to give back to society, to your community, to your family. All of this is a really, really cool process, and there's no need to complicate it by being so focused on this one particular aspect that it clouds all of the positivity and all of the knowledge that you have to share. And the last one is the fear of death. This is one of the most fundamental fears that everybody seems to be challenged with at some time. Life is finite. We have a designated period. We don't even know with certainty what that looks like. We can look at some averages. We can sort of contest those averages by doing some really, really healthy living and doing some things that elongate life. But at the end of the day, we don't know when our card is going to be pulled. And sometimes this creates a tremendous amount of anxiety for people. And there's the imbalance of the people that are left behind. How are they going to deal with this, that, and the other where I am a central aid to them? There's an abundance of, of beliefs and attitudes that come along with this that aren't necessarily positive and they can be darn right scary. And so my guidance to you is to embrace that this is going to happen at some point. You don't know when, so you don't need to be overanalyzing it and overthinking it. What we should be doing is submitting each day to our vision, to our life goals, to those things that are most important to us. We should be thinking about the impression that we want to leave behind. And we want to think through the purpose that our life has and how it's been able to impact other people. And then finally, when we marry that with gratitude for all of the days, weeks, months, and years that we have been here on this planet to impact change in the various arenas that we operate in, I think that should be top of mind. Science is on my side as well as psychology. When you add gratitude to any fear, you're far less likely for it to mushroom into anxiety. I hope today with the understanding between what the intellectual fears, what the primal fears are, and how we can invoke these by thought alone. We don't even need the circumstances to be before us present right now. I hope between these two plus these six basic fears, You've done some reconciliation as we've talked through those. You've identified some areas where you want to come up a little higher. And thank you so much in advance for taking the steps necessary to make those changes to create the life and the circumstances that are best for you future. Thanks for tuning in. And that's going to conclude this episode. I appreciate your time and attention. I want to remind you that you are enough. You can do it. You are uniquely equipped to realize your goal. Until next time, take care and be safe.